labels. How many of you are wearing a label right now? You have a name tag on. How many of you are not wearing a name tag? Will you raise your hand right now? Awesome. You guys have authority issues, don't you? Yeah. You don't like to submit. You were the ones probably in the principal's office growing up too, weren't you? Yeah, no one's going to tell me what to do. Put on the label. Does he know how much I paid for this shirt? Putting a sticky stuff on that. Come on. We like to wear labels. We like to wear name tags occasionally because I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with people's names, right? How many of you struggle with, with names sometimes? Yeah. Hey, listen, real quick. I was just reminded, if somebody comes up to you and say, what's up, bro? They don't know who you are. And they just, they're trying to make it act like they know you or what's that girlfriend? They don't know you. You ain't their girlfriend. All right. They're just, I struggle with names sometimes, right? Maybe we all just wear name tags all the time. Pastor Robert, thank you for getting the name tag table out today and helping us with name tags. Listen, don't you like to be called by your name? How many of you ever been called by something other than your name? That you can't say in church right now, right? (laughs) That your spouse used on you this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom gave me the name Jason when I was growing up, and that name means healer. Did you know that, Mom? You thought it meant troublemaker, didn't you? That's why I was a short, fat kid. I didn't have a neck. My head just kind of sat on my, on my shoulders, and um, yeah, bruiser. My name means healer, and, and, and your name probably means something to you as well, but, but it's a label of some sort. You know, life it's about labels. We all wear labels. And even for you disobedient ones today that didn't put one on, all right, we all wear labels. And here's the deal about labels. They have a way of defining us, don't they? Our names, maybe the clothes you wear, they have a label on them. For some of you, you're labeled by the job that you hold for some of you, maybe there's some sort of a ranking or, or an award that you received and people have labeled you as best whatever. For some of us, we're labeled by our gender, uh, maybe by our nationality. Labels us sometimes, doesn't it? Maybe a socioeconomic class, whatever. Labels, they have a way of defining us, don't they? And here's what, not that they're necessarily inaccurate, but, but, but they have a way oftentimes of determining how we begin to see ourselves. They, they, they oftentimes, the labels that, that we wear or the labels that people tag us with oftentimes begins to shape our outlook on life. Labels have a way of defining us. Hey, how many of you have ever wondered who you are and why you are here? Now, now I'm not talking about in church today because I don't know why I'm here. I I came for the coffee, right? How many of you have ever, why am I here on earth? Who am I and why am I here? Anybody ever asked themselves? I've asked myself that before. You know, as you're growing up and, and trying to, to figure out life, I mean, th- th- there are so many times in which maybe you're like me, you, you begin to listen to what the world said about you. Anybody ever been like that? You know, maybe you had a, 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 a someone in school that said, oh, you know what, you're going to be special one day. <laughs> 
Does that mean you're not right now? I don't know. But, but you're going you're gonna to make something. Hey, you've got great plans ahead. Your, your future looks bright, right? Uh, for some of us, maybe there was a coach. Uh, for some of us, maybe we had a parent or another family member. Maybe they didn't necessarily speak worth or value into us, and they begin to speak. And, and a lot of times, the world kind of shapes how we see ourselves, doesn't it? It shapes maybe even how we view life. So the world can do that to us, but, but, but I believe that the Word of God can do the very same thing. You see, I believe that when we look at, at, at God's Word, there, there's some identifying things that God begins to say about us as to who we are and what our purpose is here on earth. But too many times, if you're like me, it, I, I lose sight of that. And, and, and I, can, I can listen to somebody start saying this about me. I can listen to, to someone or, or read something that somebody wrote about me. And if, if I'm not careful, I can allow that to, from, to label who I am and, and find my worth or my value or my definition in what they said or what they posted. And man, my life seems to take a detour when that happens. And I kind of have to have somebody shake me and wake me and say, hey, that's not who you are, you know. A lot of times Angie's like hitting me in the face, you know, like Mick and Rocky saying, come on, snap out of her, kid, you know. You got this. And, and um, uh, she has to remind me as to who I am. That's not who you are, what they say you are, or what they said about you. Can you relate to that, anybody? Well, today I, I want to share with you an identity that many of you have right now. Some of you don't have this. And, and I'm praying that, that just over these next few moments that, that maybe you came in here identified as a certain way, but you might leave here identified in a new and different way. Are you ready for that? Wouldn't it be great to, to leave here changed and different? Do you believe that can happen? This church is supposed to be boring. You're not supposed to leave here changed, are you? No, you are. It ought to change. Here, here, here's the truth that, 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 that I want to share with you. Here, here's what I am hoping that every one of us leaves here with today thinking about who we are. Here it is. I am significant because of my position as a child of God. That, that my worth, my value is not based on what anyone says about me or what they post about me or how many, you know... Uh, accolades I receive or letters or after my name. I am significant because of my position as a child of God. You know, God looks at you and has big plans for you. And he loves you and he values you. And he wants you to become a part of his family. Do you believe that? Look what he said in John chapter 1 verse 12. To all who believed him and accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. To all who what? Believed and accepted. Not to all who went to church. Not to all who gave lots of money to kingdom purposes. Not to all who who have a job. Not to all who are Americans. Not to all who are this or that. Their parents were. No. He says to all who believed him and accepted him. He gave the right to become children of God. You see, somehow along the way, I forgot and sometimes can forget 
that he gave me the right to become a child of God. That's what the Bible says literally there in John chapter 1. So am I going to believe the word of God or not? Do I really believe that if I believe and accept him, him being Jesus, that I have a right to become a child of God? Whose are you? First John chapter two verses three. Uh, First John chapter three verses two and three say this to us, dear friends. We are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves what pure, just as He is pure. Now that verse is written to people that it had a life change take place in them. You see, there's something that all of us in this room do have in common today, no matter what label we wear. We all wear a label that is the same, and it's that label called sinner. You know that that we were born that way, that that we were born dirtbags. In fact, look at your neighbor right now. Just encourage him, say, you're a dirtbag. Just come on, let's just get... You know you've thought it about somebody this morning. They got the parking place in front of you. They took the glass coffee and the air pot just was empty, right? We were all born sinful. We, we all have this in common. We all had this issue because of, of, of one of our ancestors. His name was Adam. And we were all sinful because of him. We were born stubborn and grouchy. Some of you more so than others, right? We were all born helpless. We were all born hopeless. There was nothing within us that could commend us to God. There was nothing in us that we could bring or do that could bring us and make us presentable in the presence of a perfect God in heaven. But here's the great story of the Bible, and we've been talking about it the last few weeks, and and I just want to remind you of it today. Here's the great message of the Bible. God's love overruled our unloveliness. And he didn't just put us out to pasture, and he didn't just give up on us. He, He put a plan in motion to cover our junk and our funk and our dirt baggedness. It's not a real word. But it sounded awesome. And he made a way for you and I to become a child of God. You see, it's through Christ that God made a way for you and I to become a part of his family. Is that not great news? That's not the good news. of the. That is great news that I can become a child of God. And here's the deal. As God's adopted child... We've been given a new identity and a new name. So although you may walk around and call me Jason Brown or whatever you call me behind closed doors, I don't care. Because through Jesus, I've been adopted into his family. That's a pretty cool family, isn't it? That's a cool family. Some of you may not like your family. You you may have a crazy family member. You're like, bro, seriously. Yeah, I do too. Not on your side, mom. Your, your, your side is all normal. 
But because of Jesus and what he's done for me, I have a new identity. I have a new name. I've been adopted into his family. I'm no longer an orphan. I'm no longer a a, a spiritual orphan. I am a son and daughter of God. Did we not just sing that? Is that not exciting to you? Well, then act like it. Come on. You're sitting there like, hmm. Love what it says in Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. It tells us this. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his what? Heirs or hares, whatever you want to say. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Aren't you thankful that you and I have the opportunity to become a child of God? I think that's pretty special. In fact, I think you're special. For those of you that are Christians, you are awesome. I remember growing up, anybody ever grew up in something called Sunday school? Sunday school? Wasn't that fun? You went to school Monday through Friday, and you loved it so much, and on Sunday you did it again. Sunday school. Now, they had snacks, which made it all right. But I remember as a kid growing up, there was this picture that hung up in my Sunday school class that just spoke to who I was. It said this, I am somebody special because God don't make no junk. Now, that's grammatically incorrect, but the truth of it is right on, isn't it? As a Christian, I belong to the family of God. And it's okay if you're a Christian to think that you're something special. You are. You're a child of the creator of the universe. You are a part of his family. You don't ever think about trading family members in that family like you do your earthly family. You are special. Now hang in there with me. Before you start getting this inflated ego and a big head... Your specialness is not the result of anything you have done. It's all God's doing. You see, you're special. Not because you fought your way and attended your way and gave your way and surrounded yourself with people that made a way. Not because you made your way to God, but because God made his way to you. He provided a way for you to become a part of of his family. See, all you did was respond to God's invitation to be his child. But as a child of God, in union with God by being in Christ, you have every right to enjoy a relationship with your new father. Wow, isn't that important? Guys, listen, it's important for you to know your new identity in Christ. It's important for you to know who you are in Christ. You see, there are so many of us, even in this room today, that are listening. So many of us that would call ourselves a Christian, we struggle with this day-to-day behavior of how we're supposed to act. You know why? Because we labor under a false perception of who we are. Here's how it happens. There's an enemy that begins to start chirping in our ear. There, 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 there's someone who is not of Christ He's of the world. It's the devil himself. And he begins to tar- start talking to us, right? And you make a mistake. He says, oh, I can't believe you do that. Oh, there's no hope for you. 
you, 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 you drop the ball somehow. Oh, come on. You're never going to amount to anything. And he chirp, chirp, chirp. He chirps. A relationship goes wrong. And like, come on. You are lousy. What were you thinking? For some of you, he, you, you suffer some sort of a health setback. Oh, see, I told you. If your God is so good, why are you sick? Why? And he chirps, doesn't he? And so many of us, even us Christians, we begin to listen too much for that. He's perched on our shoulder, and we listen to that. And we begin to see ourselves from what he's chirping in our ear. But that's not who you are. But so many of us, we see ourselves as sinners, and we just somehow hope, oh, I hope that I can make it to heaven by God's grace. But, 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 but I just can't seem to stop living above these sinful tendencies. And I'm listening, and I, ah, why can't they live the victorious Christian life? It's because they have this misperception of who they are in Christ. Go back to that 1 John chapter 3 passage. And in verse 2, look what it says. There, there are some hope-filled words here. Go, go back. One more verse. That's first. There we go. Dear friends, we are already God's children. But he's yet to show us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him. For we will see him as he really is. Now listen, look at that verse. What is the believer's hope? That, 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 that someday, that someday we will be changed into Christ's image? It'll happen someday? And that's part of it. You will be like him. That's, that's part of the hope we have. But here's the question. What is our hope in this passage for today? What is our hope for, for tomorrow? It's right there on the very first line. We are already God's children. You see, you are a child of God. And do you know who wins ultimately? We do. You're part of that team. You're not a part of a losing team in Christ. No, you are victorious. That's the hope we have. We're a child of God. Listen, you must see yourself as a child of God in order to live like a child of God. (laughs) See yourself that way. Walk in with confidence tomorrow. Somebody starts chirping at you and making you feel insignificant, just bust them right here. They'll shut up. Seriously, don't do that. But just walk in boldness knowing that if my God is for me, who can be against me? I love Colossians 1.27. The hope for the believer is Christ lives in you. That's what it says. Christ lives in you. Listen, don't be deceived. Don't let the enemy begin to sway or distract you. You are not a product of of what you do or don't do. You are a product of who you are in Christ and his work on the cross. Let me say that again because only one person agreed with me. You are a product of who you are in Christ and his work on the cross. You are not saved by how you behave but by how you believe. I love looking at scripture just to remind me of who I am because somebody says something on Facebook about me. 
Somebody, even Pastor Robert, after a church service, can grab me in the corner and say, mm, I don't agree with everything you said today, and I think you're, and I can listen to that. And I can try to get out of there as quick as I can. I love, and I have to go back time and time again to remind myself who I am, and I like to do that by reading God's Word. Anybody, any fans of the Bible? Anybody a fan of the Bible? Man, it is good. You need to look at it. We see time and time again God painting this picture as to who I am. I'm an heir of God. I am co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Yes, I share in his sufferings, but all I get to share in his glory. I am a son of God. I'm a child of God. I am a free man. I'm no longer a slave. He who the son sets free is free indeed. Wow, come on, church. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.4 says, We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you, and he's chosen you to be his own people. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says, And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But there it is. If we're to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. I think that's why Paul would say, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials. Of every kind, come on. Uh, we can relish in, in, in that suffering. Just know that all there's glory coming. Are you with me today? I love the scripture that says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Aren't you thankful for that? In Christ. The old things, what do they do? They kind of pass away. All things become new. You see, once we believed in Christ, our old labels from the world fall meaningless. They do. I'm a new creation. So tomorrow morning around the water cooler, somebody starts talking smack about you. Or when you start walking up and down the hallways or, or when the boss comes in and says, you know what? Ugh. When people start talking meaningless things about you, the produce section at HEB, I want you to remember this, that in Christ, you are a new creation. You are of worth and value. Not because of you, but because of what Christ has done for you. Are you with me? I want to read some passages of Scripture over you this morning. And I just want you to sit there. and I mean, not like you haven't been sitting there. Continue to sit there. And, and, and I want you to just listen to the Word of God. It's therapy. It's good medicine. And I want you to listen to what the Word of God says about you in Ephesians chapter 1. Some of you, this is who you are. But some of you in this room... This is who you can be if you would just surrender to Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning of verse 3, says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. For even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do. He wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. And so we praise God for the glorious grace that he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich, so rich in what? Kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom 
and understanding. And God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure, and this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united in Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. What an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to our plan, his plan. You see, God's purpose was that we Jews who were first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you what? The Holy Spirit. Who? The Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised, that he has purchased us to be his own people. So he did this so we could praise and glorify him. You see, our identity doesn't start out with God. But because of his plan that he set in motion, and because of Christ, we have the opportunity to have our identity change. You see, you and I deserved wrath. We were sinful people. We deserve the wrath of God. Yet through God's grace, we have the potential to be made alive. You see, it's in Christ. And now that Jesus Christ has come and he's made a way, you and I have the potential to have a new name, a new identity. We have the potential to be brought near to God. You see, it's through Jesus Christ. You see, in Christ grants us freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from chains of being identified for anything less than being a child of God. So what is your name, Christian? I'm a child of God. I'm a son or daughter of the king. You see, in Christ gives me the potential to have a new identity. I am a child of God. I'm an heir. I'm an heir with Jesus Christ. I'm no longer a slave to whatever. I am a child of God in Christ We've been given a new name. In Christ, we've been given a new unconditional covenant. We are adopted. We have become heirs to all that belongs to God. And all church, listen. Our identity is firmly rooted as a child of God. So here's my question for you today. Have you received the gift of God who is Christ Jesus? Have you received that gift that he's laid out for you? Have you come to that place where you understand that there is no possible way 
that I can fight my way back, friend my way back, give my way back, go my way back on my own to God. I can't. You can't make it that way. You see, your only hope of finding God and becoming a part of his family and becoming a child of his is through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. Have you said yes to Jesus? Many of you have. Some of you haven't. You can be made new today. And it's by saying yes to a Savior by the name of Jesus who hung on a cross, who gave up his life so that you could have life. Are you a child of God? You've got to make that decision. I can't do it for you. I've done my best to share the truth with you. But the ball is in your hands. What will you do with it? See, today you can say yes to Christ and become new. A new creation. Old, gone. New has come. Through Jesus Christ.